Hi, and welcome to the 4th U Dimension podcast. My name is Ember Kelly, and I am the Director of Religious Education at the 4th Universalist Society in the City of New York. This particular podcast and YouTube video is a special production of our Getting the Message series. Uh, normally, the Getting the Message series is a chance to reflect on the reflection, a chance to dive a little bit deeper in some of the themes of the service. But today we had a special international service uh, where we met with congregations from Ireland and from England to just celebrate the holiday season together. Uh, and it was really a wonderful thing. And so I am joined not by only one guest, but by three guests. We have our very own Reverend Schuyler Vogel from Fourth Universalist, but we also have Reverend Bridget Spain from Dublin and Reverend Mike O'Sullivan uh, from Cork. So would both of you like to take a chance to just introduce yourselves and your congregations? Shall I go first? Um, hi, I'm Bridget Spain. I'm the minister at the Dublin Unitarian Church. Um, I became minister there, senior minister there in 2010. And, um, and it's a wonderful church, dates back to about 1645. I wasn't a Unitarian um, originally, I was born a Catholic, and finding the Unitarian church for me was finding who I was, finding my home. And not only did I find my home when I first attended Dublin, I also went on to train and become the minister there. And the minister that preceded me was absolutely beloved of the congregation very brilliant preacher and a deep different thinker so i always feel very proud that i had the nerve to follow him because it did take courage um, and i think it's taken a while but i think now at the moment i feel settled in and open Hello there, my name is Mike and I'm the minister of the Unitarian Church in Cork and our church is the oldest and coldest church in Cork, <laughs> 303 years old. For many years the church in Cork went through a very tough time uh, but we seem to have turned a corner uh, I have been ordained now for about three and a half years. Like Bridget, I was born and raised a Catholic, and I spent some time training for the Roman Catholic priesthood as well. We have some uh, Catholic background. I, I was not born Catholic, but I did uh, spend a few years uh, in the Catholic Church, so I guess uh, it seems Skylar might be the, the odd one out on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you know, this was a, a very special service, a really unique service, uh, and perhaps even somewhat enabled by the the world of COVID that brought us all online, that uh, this might not have been something we normally could have achieved quite as easily. You know, maybe we could have sent a video greeting to one another to include uh, in services, but I thought this was just a, a really beautiful chance for us to practice this idea of fellowship on a much broader international scale. Does anybody else just have some immediate reactions to the service? Um, my reaction, I loved it um, because our service, our car service in Dublin is the, the favorite. You know, it is packed standing room only nearly in the church. And we just love singing cards. We don't believe a word of the cards, but we love to sing them. And what is lovely is we, we've had something equal, different, but equally lovely in, instead of what we are used to. 
I think if we had an ordinary service, people would have been very, very lonely for what they were missing. But I think today gave us something different to think about. One of the things that I like about it is um, ours more than any other church, you know, we haven't got um, a prescribed rite of service that every church around the world follows. Um, worship tends to be cultural or country-based or even regional, so it was nice to see the different shades of worship. Yeah. For me, I, I love the chance to be part of a, a tradition and a, and a service that that is a highlight of a Christmas season for uh, another congregation, another community. I think it's so easy for us to get into our silos and to see here in the United States, think of Christmas Eve as the one big service. Uh, but to have services like this allow us to reframe what Christmas is like in other parts of the world and other other Unitarian communities. Um, and it felt like such an honor uh, for us to be able to be part of such a, a a major service in your in your worship calendar for the year, um, and to be able to be exposed and share in that, um, I loved I loved the music and the creativity around the music that was done. I loved the the high quality of readings that were shared. This was a lesson in carol service, and uh, I I really hope that there is a way for us to to keep uh, keep doing things like this together, even even when the pandemic is over. Um, yeah. I don't know what those what that might be. Um, because online is going to be slightly reduced, obviously, in, in, in its sort of way. But, but, I, uh, but I think I've been really, it's been really uh, one of the most positive things to come out of this uh, very unpositive year was is this, these relationships that we've all formed. One of the things I think that we've all kind of learned from COVID-19 is that church really isn't about the building. We all love our buildings, but we've all had to realize that church isn't about the building. That was another lesson I think we learned from our service this afternoon. I agree with you, Mike. When we learn, we always have coffee after the service and people join in and we chat. But this year we had virtual coffee after the service. And it has been a lifeline for some people for loneliness. And I know that if they just hang on to it, they really, really enjoy it. And they've been, we've been much more open with one another that people will admit, look, I don't feel great. And you just know that during the week, they will get phone calls and emails and people checking in them with them. How are you? And we know each other far better than years of chatting in person. We've had the same experience, Bridget, where people come to us and say, you know, I always felt, and this is very understandable, I always felt uncomfortable in in-person coffee hour. A lot of people standing around, I don't know anyone or I don't know that many people. It's hard to interact with people. I always feel awkward when I go to new congregations and don't know anyone. Uh, and, uh, and the structure of coffee hour online allows people to get to know each other and feel much more at home. In some ways, it's much more egalitarian, much more democratic, um, because you never know who you'll end up with um, and who will end up being there. And so we've been trying to think about how do we replicate that when we come back in person? Like, how do we how do we offer some scaffolding for community building and not let through the chaos of uh, in-person coffee hour take away the lessons that we've learned from being online? 
Definitely, definitely some beauty to it. I know as someone uh, the new to the congregation, you know, it's been a real good chance to hang out in coffee hour and get to know people. It's a, it's a really nice space. Um, and so we, we kind of hit on it already there. And I definitely felt like this, this service to me maybe finally got me in the Christmas spirit. Uh, it's, you know, just been a, a moment out of time and this was a, a good moment to really feel like, oh yeah, it is, it is Christmas soon. It is the holiday season. Uh, and it got me thinking as, you know, so uh, for those who may know that are listeners, but uh, you, and I know Skylar would know, but uh, I spent the last uh, Christmas in Vietnam and the Christmas before that was actually till about the 23rd in China and then was back with my family on the 25th. Uh, but it's it's really fascinating to see different cultures celebrate their holidays, whether it's Christmas uh, or their own per, their own more regional holidays uh, in their in their own special ways. So I'd be curious if you could just maybe uh, share with our listeners about like what are some of your favorite uh, different cultural celebrations of of Christmas and the holidays for you. I think our card service is the main one. Um, Culturally in Ireland, the day after Christmas is also very important. Um, it's called St. Stephen's Day, but generally just Stephen's Day. And people go around, especially in country areas, outside the city areas, they go around visiting houses dressed up in sort of disguise. Um, and they call themselves Wren Boys. And they perform or you know, go from house to house doing performing and that's actually a very old Irish tradition that's regrowing again um, and it's, to me when I see that it's a sign that it's needed you know like Halloween for us is needed and um, churches try to get rid of it you know the formal churches try to get rid of these that doesn't work they're there for a reason um, but the Ren boys are getting much more popular even in Dublin I don't know are they down with you Mike? Not really. No, 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 no. It's more Kerry, I think, which is the next county to Cork uh, for our American uh, listeners. It's a happy South here somewhere. Um, you know, but I found it interesting that those things like the Ren boys, you know, and visiting relatives the day after Christmas Day is really big around where I come from, you know. Um, and particularly if you've got cousins, it'll be the one time of the year you will be certain to see them and have mayhem in each other's houses. Um, yeah, that's about it. And eating, of course. Lots and lots of food and lots and lots of chocolate. For many years, um, our church didn't have a Christmas carol service, but we've had one for the last three years now. We had ours last year was on this day last year and they've proved to be a fantastic night and it's a pity that we can't have it this year one of the things that i've noticed about this time of year here is um ireland has changed over the years we've become a very secular progressive society and at christmas it's the one time of the year where the only player in town is actually Christianity, uh, which, which I find very odd given the island that I was raised in. Um, and eating, uh, eating too much, watching Christmas movies, 
and falling asleep and waking up and realizing it, well, it's all over for another year. There you go. It's interesting this year, um, I have several people who are closely involved in the Catholic Church and their numbers over the last number of years would have absolutely been decimated. Yet everyone goes, nearly everyone goes on Christmas. So what they're having to do with COVID is to issue tickets for Mass. <laughs> you need your admission ticket to get into Mass. And it's unheard of. So they're going to, what they're going to do is have three Masses Christmas Eve, three Christmas Day. And between those services, they have to clean the church. Nad. Yeah, that is an intense amount of effort there yeah. uh, to, mm -hmm. to keep that going. I know as uh, someone who did spend a little time in the Catholic Church, I know how busy those, those Christmas services can be. Uh, so on a personal level, uh, for all three of you, I'd be curious, you know, what does the holiday season, what is Christmas, what does that mean to you? What is uh, the importance to you on a personal level of celebrating this time of year? Family, you know, that really is is the thing, you know, I mean, you could have the house decorated, you can have all the gifts under the trees, but if you're on your own and you don't have family around you, you know, there really is no point. And I'm always heartened by whatever you say about Christmas, and sometimes we do go a bit over the top in madness, but whatever you say about Christmas, isn't it wonderful to have a festival dedicated to being kind to people, to giving people gifts, to making peace? You know, it's wonderful. And everything we do as a church of Christmas like you know, gifts for um, a women's refuge, you know, for families seeking refuge from family violence. Um, we get loads of presents. We get loads of money to give to refugees. We have a charity collection Christmas Day. It's always the best collection ever. People are just so generous. It brings out generosity in people. What it means to me is actually work. Uh, in my last job, I would have had two weeks Christmas holidays, but I find myself working right up to Christmas. I have Christmas Day service. This year, we have a service two days after Christmas, so that has to be got ready as well. There's a Sunday the following Christmas right after New Year's Day, so it means work for me. And it has also seen a change in our house. Um, I would have opened um, presents on Christmas morning, but now I'm out of the house to attend service and do service. So we open our presents now on Christmas Eve. That's one of the changes that's happened in the O'Sullivan household. For me, uh, on a spiritual level, one of the things I love about Christmas, and I think in some ways this extends to Thanksgiving and Halloween too, that there's a season of, uh, in the Christian tradition, they talk about sacred time. Uh, and certainly with Advent through Epiphany, it's a sacred time. But I think in some ways the whole fall slash early winter is is this sort of special time where, where, we, where things are just different. There's a sense of the season defining us that we kind of live into that season in a way. And I think, uh, and that shift of sentiment 
for me is always a really beautiful thing. Um, I, I love I love the the day after Thanksgiving when uh, in the United States a lot of people put up their Christmas tree and the, and people feel like they can start listening to Christmas music uh, and and thinking in because Thanksgiving is over. Uh, there's sort of a, there's an excitement and anticipation a a uh, if you're if you're someone who celebrates Christmas of being in all of it together and a, a sense that there's some magic in the in the world whether you believe in that on a literal level or, or just on a, on a spirit level. So um, it has been interesting to to experience Christmas as a pastor, like Mike is saying. It's a very different experience. Um, you know, I think most uh, most folks spend Christmas with family, um, but if their family is far away, like, like mine is and my wife's are, it's often we have to kind of reinvent what these holidays are. So we usually, Christmas Eve at, at 4th U, we usually open up one present each Christmas Eve night to kind of get get the palette going a little bit, and then in the morning uh, open up presents, and then we fly out uh, to usually the Midwest where we're from. So uh, Christmas Day we're one of those early morning flights going out in an empty airport, um, which is kind of its own nice piece as well. Some quiet moment, you know. You think about Bethlehem being a quiet place uh, Christmas morning with Jesus, and uh, it is in LaGuardia Airport in New York City as well. So. Uh, as the rest of the world wakes up, we're off flying, and, and uh, there's something nice about that, too. My family often had the tradition growing up, uh, we would go see family in Ohio or in Pennsylvania, uh, and we would then, after celebrating on Christmas Eve, we'd, we'd drive back on Christmas Day because the, the roads were empty, and so it, it meant avoiding the traffic. So I understand the, the, the Christmas Day traveling. Uh, I think that getting to spend the last few years abroad definitely uh, also gave that, that similar sense that it, it helped define what was important. It wasn't, um, you know, realizing the connection to my both immediate family and extended family definitely is a beautiful uh, part of the season. So I want to say thank you all three for being here today. Thank you for joining both for the service, but also for this podcast slash YouTube video. Uh, it was really wonderful to get to meet you and join together for this. Welcome. Thank you too. Thank you. Thank you, Ember. Thank you both too. Thank and you, thank Scott. You. Take thank care. You. Thank you also to our Bye. listeners as well.